the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a great season to lift up our, our, our prayers to the Lord and celebrate Him and rejoice. Let's pray together. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we love you, we praise you and honor you. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing and all that you will do. And we're just looking forward to serve you, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that this would be a great day and a great season and, and a great time where many, many will come to know you, Lord. And others will just increase their hunger for you. Because, Lord, you are amazing, Father. So we bless you, we love you, and thank you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay, good morning. (laughs) Uh, You know, the past few weeks we've talked about Hanukkah, and then last week we talked about Christmas too, and how these two holidays are affected by our assimilation and into our Western culture and how uh, possibly they might even be part of a slippery slope, words you'll hear a number of times. But I believe these are important holidays, especially when they we, we focus on Yeshua. However, they're also important as many people are focused on family, and that's extremely important too. But before I get started... Let, remi- let me remind you that we're at the year end. We certainly could use your financial support. We don't have a business uh, or advertising of any type for a revenue stream, so we could surely uh, be blessed if you would uh, bless us uh, with your generosity at this time of the year. This is what we depend on, so it helps us stay on the radio. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, these past few weeks, as I mentioned, we talked about themes of Hanukkah and also things that 
keep us from focusing on God. And last week I told you that I believe wrestling with God and struggling with his word brings refinement and maturity. If you didn't hear that program and you're listening today, you might want to hear that one. Uh, So go to the website and check it out. I guess this teaching is pretty heavy and difficult to receive, so I thought I would do something that I've never done before on the radio. I'm going to tell a couple jokes, Hanukkah jokes, lighten up the mood a little, right? Uh, I just want to get you to smile before you start frowning when you hear my message. But at any rate, so Miriam was giving directions to her grandson and his wife as they were coming over for Hanukkah. They come to the front, and she said, come to the front door of the condominium. There's a big panel at the door with your elbow push button 2B. I'll buzz you in. The elevator is on the right. Get in, and with your elbow, hit 2. When you get out, I'm on the left. With your elbow, hit my doorbell. Grandma, why am I hitting all these buttons with my elbow, she answered, You're coming to visit me empty-handed? Okay. Hopefully you got that. Well, I'll give you one more try. You know, I'm never really good at telling jokes, which is why I normally don't do that. But here, we'll, we'll try one more. Mary goes to the post office to buy stamps for her Hanukkah cards. And she says to the cashier, may I have 50 Hanukkah stamps? The cashier says, what denomination? Miriam says, oy vey, has it come to this? Okay, give me six Orthodox, 12 Conservative, and 32 Reform. Okay. I don't know. Are you laughing out there, or are you chuckling, or are you just saying, let's get on with it? Okay. So last week, I challenged us to think about our traditions that we have when we celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas, and to make sure that we don't just do them because this is what we've done for years. But we should be more intentional about what we do and make sure that it fits with our desire to serve the Lord. Too often, we compromise our positions. We start on a slippery slope, which causes us to feel like we have ended in a pit. Last week, I tried to demonstrate how this has actually happened in our country. Would you agree with me that our country is in a pit right now and it's time to try and crawl out? Before we get to the solutions, let me add to the wrestling that we did last week as we examined the country's slippery slope along with our own. Now, I just want to mention two scriptures that I mentioned last week before we start because they're kind of key scriptures to this discussion. The first one is in 1 Corinthians 10.23, where it says, Everything is permitted, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permitted, but not everything builds up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. The second one is in 1 Peter 2.16, which we're going to actually look at pretty strongly later on, but it says this, live as free people, but not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Rather, live as God's slaves. So, this is the basis of what we're really discussing. We are free, but we should use our freedom 
to be slaves for Yeshua. Last week, after uh, many questions, I asked the following. Are you on a slippery slope, slowing or, or drifting from God? Have you made so many compromises that secularism has crept into your life and the lives of your family? So can anybody relate to those questions, what I'm asking now? It might be painful to look at ourselves and really see what might, might be part of the problem. So to go further with this, what are some of the compromises that we've made? How about with TV and movies? Do we allow foul language as long as the plot's good? Do we say that sex and violence are fine? As, as long as it has a redeeming feature? How about with our phones, our iPad, our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube? Are any of these part of a slippery slope for us? Video games. Let, let me ask you some other questions. What age do you allow your children to date? That's a reasonable question, right? Or do they just date when they tell you they're ready to date? Do you teach tithing? Or are you waiting for your children to become adults? Do you send your children to public school where they are being inundated by secular culture? I'll be interviewing in some weeks uh, Melanie Umaninsky, and and she's head of the Bayshore Christian School. Because I want you to hear why some people people decide to send their children to a Christian school. Are there people in your life that you stay away from because of the way they have treated you? So these are random questions, but as you can see, they're they're meant to cause you to think about where we have been on a slippery slope. How about this? Are you totally honest with your taxes? Do you take any money under the table? The fact that sometimes you don't speak so nice, is that a small sin compared to what others do? (laughs) Of course, I always ask about the speed limit, which I know that very few... You know, the other day I tried to go the speed limit, and I thought I was walking. Uh, People were just driving by me like crazy. Uh, Some of them even honking at me. You know, 55. Can you imagine going 55 when the speed limit is 55? The last question I have for you in this segment of questions is, uh, how do you speak of the president? Or let me ask it a different way. Do you speak respectfully of the president? Do you speak respectfully of the party you disagree with? It's kind of like reporters reporting the news They become part of the story as they report about a divided country. And actually, they are also part of what is dividing the country. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't you feel that sometimes that the reporters are part of the problem? This is a perfect example of not following Galatians 6, 1 and 2 which says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught doing something wrong, you who are directed by the Ruach, the Spirit, 
Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, looking closely at yourself so you are not tempted to bear one another's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the Torah of Messiah. You see, I believe the slippery slope starts with our mouth. And so often we will speak um, poorly about people we disagree with. And we are, in, in a sense, doing the same thing that we're, we're criticizing. And I believe this is part of that slippery slope. When you're at a party this week and somebody mentions something about politics that you strongly disagree with, are you going to remember Galatians 6, 1 and 2? Or are you going to continue the problem in order to prove that you're right? What are you doing this season to stop the slippery slope? Are you focusing on Yeshua during Hanukkah or Christmas? Is Yeshua and his desires more important than a discussion involving right or wrong? Do you write or call your elected officials about bad bills they're considering or encourage them when they are on tr- on the right track? What is your involvement in turning this country around, the state around, our community, our family, yourself? How much do you volunteer in the community? How much do you give of your time, your talents, and your treasures to minister? ministries that are serving the less fortunate than ourselves. I've got to tell you that a couple days ago, a number of people from our congregation, including myself, went to Metropolitan Ministries, and we spent two hours praying over people who were waiting to receive uh, help from Metropolitan. This is something we like to do each year. What a blessing it is to pray for people who are struggling and seeking to encourage them. We have other volunteers who give out the turkeys and so on. It, it, what a blessing. Are you doing anything like that? Now, at this point, I'd like to focus on Scripture that we started earlier. It's First Peter 2, And we're going to start with verse 16, and we're going to really look at this because I I believe this is such an important, in a sense, revelation of what God wants. It says in verse 16, live as free people, but not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Rather, live as God's slaves. So the definition of free people in this verse, to me, is to be God's slave. <laughs> because it says, live free, live free, but be God's slave. We are free to do what we want, but God's will is that we serve him. Often in Scripture, when God gives us a directive, he further explains it so that we can understand what he really wants. When you hear the word slave, you probably have negative thoughts. But as we continue reading 1 Peter 2 and go to verse 17, God explains what he was saying about being a slave. Number Verse 17 says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, 
fear God, honor the king. Slaves, with all respect, submit yourself to your masters, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are harsh. For this finds favor. If, for the sake of conscience toward God, someone endures grief from suffering undeservedly. For what credit is there if when you sin and get a beating, you endure? But if you endure when you do good and suffer for it, this finds favor with God. Okay. So what do we hear about being a slave? Sometimes you will feel that even God is unfair. But our behavior as slaves should not be based on fairness, but rather where God has set the bar for us. And I'm going to tell you, God has set the bar pretty high. So he says, honor everyone, even if they're rude. Even if they hurt you, even if they're your enemy, honor everyone. That's how high the bar is set. That's what it means to be a slave of God. You have to decide if you are willing to honor everyone regardless of the circumstance. Now, look, coming from New York... I know what it means to respond to somebody, and I guess we see that from our president as well. It used to be that I I remember uh, years and years ago when I was young and immature, I remember being on the Long Island Expressway and a truck cut me off, and I went in front of him and then slowed down to five miles an hour. Oh, boy, those were the days. You know, this is not godly behavior. This is not godly behavior. So we have to honor everyone, regardless of what they've done. And then it says to love the body of believers. Now, just think of your congregation. Are there some people that you walk around rather than two when you see them coming to you? You want to not say hi to them? Well, that's not being a slave of God. You are to love the body of believers, all of them. Now, obviously, we're to love everybody, but let's just make it easier for you today. When you go to church today, look around and see if there's somebody you don't love. If that's the case, you are not, in the true sense, a slave of God. But what if they do things that drive me crazy? Well, I'm sure they do, just like they do to me. But we have to love and respect them. And that's what it means to honor the king. Now, it could refer to honoring those in authority, or it could refer to honoring Yeshua. Either way, our behavior is always on trial, being looked at by the jury of believers and non-believers. Ask yourself, are you part of our moral and ethical slippery slope? Have you gotten to be a sloppy believer? (laughs) Or are you being persecuted and feeling put down, but you are still willing to be God's slave? You know what? He was persecuted too, because as we continue in 1 Peter 2, look at what it says here. For you were called to this. 
Now, that's another thing that's interesting. You were called to be a slave of Yeshua. And then it says, because Messiah also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. He left us as examples. Oh, my goodness. As examples so that we might follow in his footsteps. Right? He, then in verse 22, he committed no sin, nor has any deceit been found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return the abuse. While suffering, he made no threats. Instead, he kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. Wow, now there you go. He trusted the Lord. He trusted his Father. And then in verse 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we removed uh, that, so that we removed from sins might live for righteousness. By his wounds you were healed. Verse 25, For you, like sheep, were going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. That's what it means. That's the definition of being a slave of the Lord. You get it? So in a sense, Yeshua was a slave to his father, right? You might say that your wounds won't heal heal anybody, right? Just Yeshua's wounds will heal. You know, but I'm not sure that's true. Because people might get a healing when they see your woundedness, they soften. And they, they might not be healed physically, but they'll be healed from anger and emotional scars because you are, in a sense, crying with them as they are crying and you're, you're emotionally wounded as they're emotionally wounded. And people react to that and they get healed from people coming into a safe space with them. In fact, Yeshua's prayer to his Father was for us to remain holy while receiving the abuse he knew he would receive. Listen to John 17, 14 through 18. I have given them your word, and this is Yeshua speaking, and the world hated them, talking about us, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not asking, the, you know, Father, that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. And what I read into that is make them holy means that we Even when the truth is spoken, whether it feels good or it doesn't feel good, make them holy. Our reaction as a slave of the Lord is to be holy regardless. And then it says in the verse, just as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Yeshua has sent us into the world to be holy, to to be an example before believers and non-believers of who God is in our lives. And, And so we must stop the slippery slope today. As you are in church today, stop the slippery slope. When you have a party later on or, or, or for Christmas Eve or whatever, you know, stop the slippery slope. Let your words be like honey. Let them bring joy and peace. As much as it depends on you, be at peace with all people, right? So as you make your decisions 
you know, don't make it out of common sense or today's culture or, or, you know, but make it out of God's word. So let me close by just saying thank you as, as I really believe that as you listen to this, I, I believe your heart's going to be touched. And I would ask if, if I can help you in any way, feel free to call Karen at 813-831-5673. I'll be happy to make an appointment through her with you uh, or if, if there's some way that we can be of some help to you. Any rate, I, I pray that this broadcast touched your heart. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.